Hi, I'm Bill Whitney, a beekeeper from City Bee Savers. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk, the Mike Novak Show in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. High forests, no wetlands, well, good planets are in the main. Pokey, pokey. Hey, good morning on a Sunday. Good morning. And uh, I just hit the uh, Facebook Live button. There oh, we there we are. Okay. Hey, you folks on Facebook Live. Three, two, one, go. Uh, and uh, we uh, have a Peggy sighting, an Ariana sighting, and a Brandon sighting here all in the wonderful 1590 WCGO and studios. And a sighting in the lobby. And a Jeff and sighting. And an Audi sighting in the back. Oh, I didn't see Audi today. Brandon sighting. What's that? He barely got a Brandon sighting. Why? What happened? The Chicago Marathon. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I completely forgot about that. So did I, and I live in Ravenswood now. Oh, so, yeah. no. <laughs> I was supposed to be here at 7 o'clock this morning. I strolled in at about 8.15. Oh, dear. Oh, my. So where you were blocked. Completely. How did, how did you get out of there? Helicopter lift? So it takes about an hour and 15 minutes to walk here from my apartment. Oh, gosh. No, you didn't really. Oh, no. What about a cab? What about an Uber? What about a lift? What about a... I wasn't going to pay 40 bucks to what get here. What about a train? I would have been late anyway. <laughs> so I was just going to... Wait, wait. I know mass transportation comes somewhere near here. I don't know mass transportation. Uh, no, no. You, 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 sir, need a bicycle. I, I own like ten cars. You, you dumb millennial, you! Come you on, give me <laughs> one of those cars. learn, learn about mass transportation. I couldn't even get my motorcycle out. It was come on, it was you bad. got wow. wait, no, 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 wait, wait, stop right there. You got a smartphone, right? Which yeah, is, but I'm a dumb person. Yeah, well, <laughs> all you got to do is type in CTA Metra. Put a distant, you know, put, you, put the app one, on one point for, to the other point. But I grew up in Bridgeport where when you got on the CTA, you were going to get robbed when I lived <sighs> there. So I, 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 I'm afraid of mass transportation. You, when you got on the CTA in Bridgeport, you did it to go to the White Sox game, right? I just walked across the to, bridge to go to the White Sox well, game. Well, that's what I mean, though. You, you got on the CTA, <laughs> you took it a block. To go to the White Sox game or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Wow. We got to talk about Bridgeport days with you at some point, dude. It's a changed neighborhood now. I know. Mm -hmm. Well, we did this uh, event, Nana, uh, at the restaurant Nana uh, on a a Friday a couple of months ago, live. On Halstead. Live, uh, uh, not a broadcast cast, but a a, uh, forum uh, for Factory Farms. And that's a restaurant you would never have seen in Bridgeport. Mm -hmm. 
10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Who knew? Of course, you didn't see those restaurants anywhere 50 years ago. It was funny when all my friends would be like, we'd go to White Sox games, and once you heard the shooting, you'd go home. I was like, yeah, well, I had to walk back to where the shooting was coming from to go (laughs) home. Oh, boy. No, wait a second. That was not Bridgeport. See, Bridgeport was the island. It was the oasis. Most of it was. All Greek and Italian, but the other side. Yeah, if you were by the dailies. Yeah, but if you grew up on the other side, like where I did, in the housing project area. Oh, did yeah. you? Oh, we got to hear stories about that. Wow. But see, I also grew up in the Belmont Central area, and you didn't get off at Logan Square, and you didn't get off at Humboldt Park. Because they just, were scary. You just stayed on the L. You would not get off the blue line at those places. Well, heck, when I moved to Chicago in 1978, you didn't go to Old Town because it was head shops yep. And, yep. And, and really scary stuff. So... The city's changed a little bit over the years, it, it, um, and there you have it. All right, well, on the show today, that's it. I mean, <laughs> well, that's well, filled five minutes. That's the, that, was the best, <laughs> that might be the best conversation we have all day. No, I'm kidding. Uh, on the show today, we're going to start with our buddy Jeff Swano, who's out uh, in, uh, in the lobby right now waiting to come in, and we'll drag him in here any second. And uh, he is with the Illinois Landscape Contractors Association, ILCA, and and there's a committee, the uh, Sustainable Something-Something Committee. Jeff, what's it? What's Landscaping <laughs> Committee. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and uh, what's it called, Jeff? What? Sustainable what? Ecological Landscape. S-E-L, Sustainable Ecological Landscaping. Why didn't they just call it the Mila Committee? <laughs> uh, that's a long story, isn't it? Okay. Uh, and uh, you can come in here, bring your stuff, and, and just hang out if you want to grab your stuff. Jeff's here. He's uh, uh, with Dig Right In Landscaping in Westchester. And the reason he's here is because we're going to talk to Benjamin Vote on the phone in just a second, who is the author. I've got the book here. It's, you can tell. I've been through it. Uh, of A New Garden Ethic, Cultivating Defiant Compassion for an Uncertain Future. What does that mean? It means gardens, why they're wrong, how to make them right. Uh, in a, in, I guess, in a sentence. And then in the second part of the show, we're going to be talking about schools and gardening. Uh, it, this is a, kind of an all-gardening show today, which is kind of fun. Don't often do that on Sunday. Uh, we'll have Tanya Andrina and uh, Augie Amua and Reverend, Reverend Marilyn Pagan Banks. And they're with uh, A Just Harvest and the Gale Community Academy. They work together creating gardens and working with the kids cool stuff. They won an award in the Chicago Excellence in Gardening, so they will be here. Big show. We hope you be will be part of it. Be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. 
Ever wonder what you would feel like if you didn't hurt? If you were free of tension in your body? Here's your chance to talk to Dr. Bonnie Flaster and licensed massage therapist Kamosha Murphy at the River North Wellness Center Open House Thursday, October 12th from 2 to 6 p.m. for mini-massage, chiropractic, and acupressure demonstrations. And until November 22nd, mention the Mike Novak Show for a discount on full treatment sessions. Go to rivernorthwellness.com or stop by on October 12th and get back to feeling good. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. This is your talk. You want to just put in hashtags in any of your social media. Hashtag 1590 WCGO. Evanston, Chicago. (laughs) Someday I'm going to do a um, little montage of all the songs that mention radio mm-hmm. in it and just doing like all back to back to back. I'm sure somebody's already done that. Brandon, have you ever done that? You done one of those montages? Yes, I did. I had to do it during broadcasting school. Would you bring it in? Do you still have it? I'm sure I still have it on a mini disc somewhere and we do have a mini disc player back here. I see. <laughs> ah, I love this old technology. Someday I'll tell you about all the tapes, uh, the reel reels I have and dat tapes that I can't figure out how to to uh, transcribe stuff from because nobody has a DAT player anymore. That technology wow, I la- haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, that DAT lasted about two weeks, My basically. My demo was on a reel-to-reel. Went the way of Betamax. It, well, it was, it, was aud- digi- it was digital audio on tape, which is mm-hmm. weird. So it was, we, before we got the digital audio on mini-disc, like you're talking, and now in just files, before that there was digital audio on tape, which was... The, the next phase, and everybody said, oh, Dat, this is the future. Yeah, it lasted, like I said, about two weeks. <laughs> yeah, Dat's over now. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> nicely done. That's Jeff Swano from uh, Dig Right In Landscaping. Uh, they're in Westchester. But that's that's sort of almost irrelevant to the conversation today. But hi, Jeff. How are you? Good morning, Mike. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. And Jeff's here, and I see our buddy Brandon uh, uh, Lozy. How do you pronounce that, Brandon? Um, Lozy. Lozy. Okay. I guess if there were uh, there was another O, there'd be Lucy, uh, Lucy Goosey, but it's Lozy, uh, and uh, we're here today to talk actually about something that's happening next week, uh, and that is a conference that's being put on by the Illinois Landscape Contractors Association, uh, and it's called Impact Impact Conference: Building Sustainable Landscapes. Now, are you a landscaper? You're going to love this because it's it's it's. It's what I thought the future of landscaping was going to be 15 years ago, and we're still fighting for it. And, let me, and, and I use the word fighting advisedly uh, and pointedly uh, that 15 years ago, I helped found this group called MILA, the Midwest Ecological Landscape Alliance. And uh, you were a member of that, Jeff. And Yeah, right away, Mike. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were. And we had a guy on yesterday who was a member of it. And he actually said, it was kind of interesting, he said, you guys got a little strident for me. And I'm like, I'm still strident, dude. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Uh, nothing's changed in my 
way of looking at things from 15 years ago, and 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 it was me and educators and landscapers and people and growers and people in the industry who said things need to change. We're the same old same old isn't working anymore in the landscape industry. Which means if you look at the front of this building and we talk about it all the time, the use and maybe the occasional. Uh, Something else, an arborvitae, the arborvitae yeah, yeah uh, that's in box that, woods. Boxwoods, and that, well, they don't. Boxwoods are too tender for this uh, landscape here. I mean, they would they would melt, mm. um, and that's part of the problem. Is that it's it's when you talk about same old same old, it's, it's stuff that people don't even notice, and it doesn't do any good. You might as well. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. Put a, a, a concrete blocks or, or something. It's 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 the same difference. There's, they they grow. Yeah, they're alive. But what are they contributing to our landscapes and what and our world? Not a whole lot. And this is this is what's considered the norm. You put a couple of U's in front of the foundation of your home. You put in some lawn um, and mulch and see. I wouldn't want to be a goodbye. Uh, that's not landscaping, folks. That ain't it. And that's why we're talking today, and that's why there's this conference uh, a week from Tuesday. And Jeff and I are on the committee that's been putting this together. So in full disclosure, there I, you know, uh, uh, at least for the year I'm an ILCA <laughs> member and p- helping put this thing together. Uh, and the guy we have on the phone right now is going to be one of the keynote speakers at the conference, and that is Benjamin Vote. Good morning, Benjamin. How are you? I'm great, and if we want to talk strident, let's talk uh, <laughs> no, no hostas and no butterfly bushes. There, I uh, no hostas and no butterfly. And, and well, I especially noticed, the butterfly well, bushes. Well, and, and and let's let's uh, give credit to Benjamin for his new book, A New Garden Ethic: Cultivating Defiant Compassion for an Uncertain Future. All right, that says it right there. It's like. Folks, if, if if you're tired of the same old, same old, you want to pick up this book and you want to read it. And you mentioned butter, Butterfly Bush because I've had that conversation on this show now for years. And I'm sure you have too, Benjamin, about butterfly bushes. And people say, yeah, but they attract butterflies, so they must be good. Explain to us, Benjamin, why that's not necessarily so. My, my number one issue with that terrible plant is that it's not a host plant. <laughs> It's not a host plant for anything in this country. That's the number one issue for me. Well, okay, now you got you got to stop right there because people's eyes are glazing over already. What's a host oh. plant? What's a host plant? What are you talking about? If you want more butterflies, you got to have plants that those butterflies evolve. Where the caterpillars? That's what the caterpillars are going to be eating. So, butterfly bush doesn't do it. Butterfly bush is going to attract some bumblebees and some swallowtails and some monarchs. You know adult butterflies and uh but yeah you got to grow new butterflies and you can't do that if you're just helping adults right so the point is that butterflies come to the flowers they 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 like us they like the flowers we like it because they're fragrant they like it because what they're getting nectar and pollen out of it or are they just well, getting just, more... j- just nectar the, just the, the, the nectar the, the all right and it's just a small, small, small number of butterfly species. I mean, it's, you put a Virginia mountain mint out there, and you're going to see ten times uh, greater diversity of butterflies. So, well, and that's what folks don't know because they're, they've been sold a bill of goods about things like butterfly bushes. Uh, and I bet you, um, uh, Jeff, you get that in people asking about the gardens you put in, right? Well, definitely, uh, we have to deal with consumer tastes and their attitudes. Uh, but if you're a real sustainable landscaper, you're going to sneak in 
the right solution. Okay, <laughs> whether they, they they want the butterflies, then okay, you're not going to get that butterfly bush, even if they ask for it. It's like, oh, well, there aren't any available. So we move along to. We're fresh that, out. You know, but you, you know, know, I went they, to the Home Depot died. and they're all out. Uh, you know what those folks will say to you? They'll say, "Wait a second, I." I was out in uh, in New England, saw them growing out of the cracks in the sidewalk. What do you mm-hmm. mean they're not available? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and that's that was sort of my introduction introduction to the the danger of butterfly bushes, Benjamin. You wrote about it in your book, and I, and I don't want to get sidetracked on butterfly bushes, but they are sort of symbolic and symptomatic of what we're dealing with here. I went to London uh, in in 1998. And they were growing out of the sides of buildings, all right, <laughs> yeah. L- literally out of the sides of buildings in cracks in the side. And this is why certain countries have banned butterfly bush. Uh, the states of Oregon and Washington have banned them and others, I, I believe, in the United States. They, you know, and, and folks, unfortunately, probably in Nebraska, where you uh, reside and work and here in the Midwest in Chicago, I will have folks saying, hey, I can't keep them alive. And I, and I say to them, good, that's a good thing if you can't keep them alive. Because if you do, they're going to, cause, they're going to wreak havoc. Um, and, and as we get warmer, it is going to be easier to keep them alive. And suddenly, we're going to find them everywhere, and we're going to be trying to rip them out. Um, and that's, that is likely to happen. But that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. So let's get to... Your book, A New Garden Ethic, you look at the big picture, Benjamin, which is our gardens, are the gardens that we have now, uh, it's not even a question of are they sustainable. You ask, are they even real? Uh, and, 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 and this is something I got from your book reading it. I had this question, and I'm sure you didn't phrase it this way in the book, but in some ways you talk about modern gardens as being frauds they're a fraud they're they're a facade they don't really do the job you think they're doing would you care to address that no okay (laughs) that's all the time we got folks we gotta go well i think that a fraud that's a that's a really strong word I, i know i'm a strong passionate guy and i'm total environmental activist when i'm when i'm working in the garden and talking gardens but I mean, I guess fraud is as good a word as any, I suppose, in the end. Um, You know, I I mean, the bigger issue for me is that we are divorced from wildness. We are divorced from being able to name what that bird is making that call outside the window. Mm -hmm. We don't spend time outside. We don't. We do spend time outside. We'll go to uh, a state park or wildlife refuge nearby and be like, oh, that's some pretty nature. Look at all the cool wildlife. And then we come home and it's like polar opposite. And and why do we have that disconnect and not want to have that wildlife refuge out the back door and connecting to other wildlife refuges next door with our neighbors? So, Yeah, but that's – and that's a good place to start. Unfortunately, we've transferred that over to our gardens as well because we don't put the plants in there. And the reason I use the word fraud – and yes, I admit that's a really strong word uh, – but – you talk about how we've put in plants from other parts of the world, and this is the way the horticultural business works and unfortunately brings in a lot of pests and problems. But one of the ways it works is it brings in the, the, the latest and the greatest and the newest. The problem is the, the, the fauna that are here already don't know what to make of these plants. Mm-hmm. They can't feed on them. They can't reproduce on them. 
um, and it's reducing our insect population. Doug Tallamy talks about that, and you refer to him in your book. Um, and it's actually causing harm when we use these kinds of plants. People say, well, the, 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 uh, the reason you have a garden is beauty. But you address that, too. What's, what's your take on that, Benjamin? Oh, I address beauty big time in that book. Yeah, you know, look, plants are not shoes. Plants are not new sweaters. Um, these are not these are not purely or only decorative items that we use to spice up our lives lives and, and make ourselves feel good for the ten seconds ten seconds it takes us to walk into our front door from the car. Uh, we have to rethink pretty on our landscapes, pretty for us, but also pretty for hundreds of other species. We have to take that uh, that empathy leap, that that defiant compassion leap, and say, no, I'm not going to plant that butterfly bush, that hosta, or that you. I'm going to plant, I'm going to do a little bit of research. I'm going to plant something that is far more functional, far more beautiful, everything around me. However, it's not just the responsibility of the homeowner. No, uh, I mean we mm-hmm. we have a entire landscape industry and nursery trade that I think needs major revamping very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what why we're doing. And yeah, and yeah, that's the what, money making, what's the latest greatest newest plant we can come out with? Right, exactly. Cultivars. I'll, I'll be. I'll be really honest with you on this show. I get pitched all the time for, hey, you should talk about our latest new cultivar, and my feeling is, no, I'm really not interested. I can't even get people to plant natives. So why would I be interested in your cultivar, which will probably not even make it. That in five years nobody will be talking about it because it didn't succeed. Uh, so why should I do that? I'm not interested in that. I can't even get folks to pay attention to a book like A New Garden Ethic, and that's my job is is to do that. So that's why we're having this conference uh, is to get landscapers, and, and there's your audience, Benjamin. You're going to have these folks in the room, and you, you get to— I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay, let, let, let's step back and talk about cultivar because there are different kinds of cultivars. There are cultivars that are wild selections that have been found in the wild or a sport in the garden, and then there are cultivars which are hybrids, which have been crossed in a lab or somebody who's just, you know, a plant breeder, a real plant fanatic. And there, there is a difference between the two. I, I think, you know, a wild selection I'm much more acceptable of than a hybrid. Yeah. Well, I'll give you an example of that, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is Monarda didyma which was uh, found a- along a roadside, I believe, in Massachusetts many, many moons ago, mm-hmm. um, and it has become very popular in gardens. That was a natural selection. It wasn't bred in a lab someplace. Uh, do you know about that, uh, Benjamin? Am I wrong on that? I, I, I don't know. Does anybody else? Uh, well, but now there's cute little names that go right. with it. There's a grand yeah. parade and uh, yeah. the parties. And and, and, and and some of them are bred for, for traits, uh, and let's address this too, that uh, make gardening oh, yeah. easier because you don't want you know, powdery mildew is usually not a serious problem in the garden. It it doesn't generally kill a plant, but it sure makes them look ugly. And a lot of folks freak out when the, when their plants get powdery mildew. And so they don't want their flocks, they don't want their mm. monarda to have powdery mildew. So they're bred not to have those. What do you say about those, Benjamin? I say we don't know what we're doing. We don't know <laughs> what changes we're making. You know, I mean, look at all these new coneflower hybrids that are out there, and we got mm-hmm. all these new flower colors. And I'm like, okay, we got these new new flower colors, but how do we know what we're doing to to the chemical makeup of the leaves or the chemical makeup of the pollen? And can as many insects uh, reproduce and and use the pollen on these plants? You know, I 
maybe I'm a Luddite, but I just assume nature knows better than I do and that we'll ever know. So stop messing with this stuff. Well, I, I, I'm kind of with you there. I, you know, and it's interesting because I see all sides of this and there are the folks who say, uh, and you, and again, you mentioned them in your book, A New Garden Ethic, the folks who say, what's it going to hurt to have a few non-natives in the garden? Um, and you're, you're on the end and I love, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. The, oh, I know the native plant lobby. I'm using air quotes mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that in the book, which is yeah. hilarious. If you ask me the native plant lobby, like you guys are the NRA or something, <laughs> you know, That'd be the NPL, Yeah, that, you know, the, yeah. the native plant lobby has taken over the horticulture industry and we don't know what to do with their controlling everything. That's just silly. Oh. Well, look, it goes, it goes so, so much deeper that we're, I mean, this is about, this is all about psychology. That's why there's an entire chapter on psychology mm-hmm. in my book. You know, there's this human evolution where, where we, we have to defend what we believe and, and what, what sort of grounds us and what centers us and what gives us our identity in life. So we're defending ourselves. All right. That is Benjamin Vogt. As I mentioned, he's the author of A New Garden Ethic, Cultivating Defiant Compassion for an Uncertain Future. Jeff Swano is in the studio with us as well from Dig Right In Landscaping. We are talking about the ILCA conference next week. It's Tuesday. You can sign up. You can find all the information at ILCA.net. Um, what, slash something. Yeah, it's uh, October 17th <laughs> Okay, at the Chicago, Chicago Botanic, Botanic Garden. Garden. and uh, the Slash e- impact-conference. That's right, slash impact-conference, because if you go to ILCA.net, you gotta, you got to try to track it down there. Uh, and, and you can also find the links at MikeNovak.net, so go to my show page. We're going to be right back. If you want to participate in bashing plants, 847-475-1590. <laughs> it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th. And this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two, yes, two, fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, and area college and university solar and super mileage team race cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy-saving innovations with you. Of course, more than 70 exhibitors and vendors of all kinds will be there, including invited artists displaying and selling their sustainable creations. And did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And that Mike and I will be there? McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash greenexpo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765, 815-479-7765. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the Garden Magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. 
Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. This is your talk. Hey, this place is really something else, huh? Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Yeah, we needed something a little raucous here because uh, we're we're ripping up uh, established uh, modes of thought here. We're just we're just ripping them out of the ground and ripping out those butterfly bushes. Exactly, like so many weeds. Yeah, and uh, leaving them on the the sidewalk there for people to sweep up. Uh, but put them in the compost. We pile. should compost. Yeah, yes. they're very yes. good. Come on. All right, give that. No, man. no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't compost them. The seeds might be in there and germinate later. Ah, mm. uh, well, <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't go down that road, there, Benjamin. <laughs> uh, our, our guests uh, in the studio, uh, Jeff Swano from uh, Dig Right In Landscaping, and on the phone, Benjamin Vogt from A New Garden Ethic. That's the name of his new book. He's actually with Monarch Landscapes LLC out in uh, Nebraska. And I love your stories about Nebraska and, and, you know, getting used to living, not not believing that you would ever live there mm-hmm. for real, you, you know, yeah. uh, and then settling in and saying, you know what, this is not so bad. Uh, and I think that the folks can feel that way almost about anywhere if you pay attention. If you look at the landscapes, if you look at very closely at the world around you, there's a lot to be fascinated by, isn't there, Benjamin? Yes, especially if you get out into central Nebraska. I, I, you know, the east is a little corny, mm-hmm. so you got to get out to the sand hills. Go ahead. Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff gave you a ding on that one. Right. Ding. <laughs> a good ding. Yeah, well, it's, especially ding. your story when, when um, you just you relate how you got out of the car and just really communed oh. with everything around you. I mean, you know, it, it's a travesty. I, I didn't, I didn't go out to Western Nebraska, you know, for I've been living here 14 years, and it took 12 years to get out to Western Nebraska. And I just, I just realized, you know what? I can tell there's nobody out here. What happens if I just stop the car, turn off the engine, get out? What am I going to hear? And I heard everything. You know, the birds calling from all kinds of distances. It was just, and silence, the deepest silence. Mm-hmm. It is the most profound thing you can hear. You know, I've, I've actually been out in yeah. that part of Nebraska. And I was on my way to the Black Hills from uh, from Denver, and it's such beautiful. Of course, when I was there, I, I believe it was 20, I, I forget what year it was, uh, several years Seems ago. Like yesterday. But it was on fire. The hills were on fire. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. And, well, that, yeah. and, that, and that was weird because you'd be driving in Nebraska there on these roads, and you look, and the horizon is was glowing, and you could smell the smoke. And you and we stopped at a motel in a little town, and didn't know if we were going to be awakened in the middle of the night by an evacuation order. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting stuff. It's an interesting way to spend a vacation, yeah. actually. <laughs> well, you know, as I was reading that, where you stepped out, and there's such variety, and there's so many plants in, say, Western Nebraska, and yet around here, if people drive 30 miles from Chicago, they're going primarily to a monoculture where you get out of the car and you're still not hearing much and you're still not seeing much, and that's 
Like, well, you're talking about corn and soybeans. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's and, not but that's the in nature. Nebraska too. You were saying right. the, the eastern part of the state is like a, that, but the western part not so much. So, as people are trying to connect with nature, they're not really connecting with true natives. They're connecting with the farm field. And it's Roundup ready. Well, and and however, what you're what you're pointing out though, people think of that as nature. Yeah. They think of that as nature, but uh, Benjamin, that's not really nature, is it? Well, I mean, you think about kids. Kids growing up today see 40% fewer butterflies than their parents did 40 years ago. So, I mean, we're just getting used, more used to less and less nature, and it's the new normal. Uh, let's go to Jeff was, uh, during the break, uh, was mentioning something. Uh, part of the reason we're having this conference and that you're coming in to speak next week, Benjamin, is to, to move this agenda forward. Uh, as I mentioned before, I, I tried to help push it forward 15 years ago. That effort kind of stalled, uh, unfortunately, but ILCA has picked up the ball uh, by absorbing Mila and, with any luck, will keep the sustainable uh, committee together uh, so that we can have these conferences every year. That was, that was one of the, the one thing that Mila did in its 15-year existence is it had a conference every year. And these were really interesting gatherings of people. And, and there was a lot of choir and a lot of gospel singing there, if you catch my drift. Uh, but that's okay. The choir needs to hear this. They need to be bucked up. However, in the, ca- the case of what we're doing uh, next week, there will be some choir, but there will be some folks from outside the choir. There will right? be some horses being brought to the water. Uh, very good. Well, give that. He's good. He started it. And some horses' heads being held. Oh yeah, under the water. <laughs> oh come on, guy. <laughs> no. So, uh, what was it that you wanted to address to uh, Benjamin there, Jeff? Yeah, I just want to uh, thank you for coming out to the Impact Conference next uh, on the seventeenth of October uh, to help us get the landscaping community to uh, develop these future standards of design and construction. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get it into the hands of landscapers who are really on the ground, literally. Um, but then we also have certain uh, consumer tastes and attitudes to deal with. Uh, but primarily, we want to educate landscapers and get the tools in their hands mm-hmm. for how to do this. So what would be some of the initial <laughs> steps to just start shifting that whole paradigm, both at the landscaper level and the consumer taste? Yeah, well, having uh, Benjamin there to help us um, get the philosophy down first, mm-hmm. okay, the why we're doing this. And um, are we just creating pretty little gardens or are we developing functional ecosystems that are fully aware of the integrated nature of nature? Benjamin, take it away. Take, take it away. I was thinking about something and then I, and then I nodded off. I oh. shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Wow. No, Good no, morning. No, no, no. No, I didn't mean that. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's okay. Get that man some coffee. That's right. Just shut off his phone, <laughs> no, no, Mike. I got, uh, it. I, okay. got it. I got it. I got it. So, so, you know, we all drive around town, right? And and we the landscaping we see is, you know, three barberry, a bunch of daylilies spread six feet apart from each other and a 1,000 square feet of mulch. And that's what we think is pretty. We think that is what landscaping is supposed to look like. And by we, I mean the average homeowner. So I mean, we need to start thinking, you know, where, where do people drive by and, you know, how can the landscapes change? If they're going to the mall, why does the mall landscape look like that? Maybe it can look a little bit more functional and environmentally friendly, and then people start to accept that and think, oh, maybe that's what my home landscape should look like. And I think that's where one way is to start. Mm-hmm. 
what about increments? Is does incremental gardening work? You're you're in your book. You advocate jumping in feet first, basically. Let's just do it. You know, just just get out there and do it right. What about increments, though? Because you you understand human nature, Benjamin. Folks yeah. are are loath to to rip out everything that they have. Uh, even I, okay, I'll look at my own yard and, and the non-natives that I've had in there because as, as a guy who hosts a, a gardening radio show, people give me plants mm-hmm. over the years, a lot mm-hmm. of them non-natives. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll slam that in my yard. Let's see how it does. And now they're there. And uh, I have been making the transition towards natives for several years now. Do I take that last step and just rip all the rest of it out? I've got a couple of beautiful boxwoods and I, I know boxwoods are like the bane of, of the existence of, of uh, native plant growers, but they're there and they're gorgeous. And do I just rip those out? It's, it's something that it's a difficult decision to make. So what do you think about incrementalism? I know a great place to rent a skid loader. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I know human nature and we do have to do a lot of folks do have to do things inc- incrementally. Obviously, I'm, I'm an environmental activist, and I know we don't have time to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, on the other hand, uh, plant plant an aster, plant a Virginia mountain mint, mm-hmm. plant a milkweed. Sit out there for ten minutes uh, while it's blooming, especially, and 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 just watch and listen, and your life is going to start to change profoundly, and I would suspect rather quickly, mm-hmm. especially if you compare it, you know, to those other plants that might not be native. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the point, is that uh, I, 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 something you said early in that statement uh, resonates with me, is that we don't have the time. We really don't have the time to deal with this. If you look at the change in the world mm-hmm. and the species we're lo- losing, you allude to it in your book that we're in the sixth mass extinction. And it's caused by us. It's caused by human beings. So the only way we stop it is if human beings get on board and start... And, and, and must, not... Three percent of the population, large amounts of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but how? That's the, that's the hard part. Yeah, how, 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 do, you, how do you shift the popular culture? How do you get rid of all of the pretty glossies that are showing the latest cultivar that you've got to have? Well, as Frasia says, make uh, sustainable landscaping cool. There you go. It needs a, It yeah. does need an image and, shift. Yeah, we're we're it, fighting uh, Camelon's uh, advertisements, yeah. mm-hmm. right, which show you yeah. one thing, and it's so wrong. So we're fighting all that marketing mm-hmm. imagery as well to get the consumer taste to change. So how do you get the native plant horticulture industry to uh, get more marketing, more demand. social media, more everything else? Well, here, placement. Here's part of the problem with that, and something that I've, I've talked about over the years is that you just mentioned the chem lawns of the world, and, and I'll say it, the Scots, um, who have tons of money. They have just money to burn, and what folks see are those ads. They see all of that out there. And so effectively, for the last 50, 60 years, we've been brainwashed. The American public has been brainwashed to think that the lawn is, is, is acceptable in your yard. The native people, people like you, Benjamin, and the naturalists, the environmentalists, they don't have that cash. They can't make the mm-hmm. statement. They can't, they can't compete with that. They're, they have to do it another way. They have to go through the back door because the American public has been brainwashed. So how do you fight the brainwashing, Benjamin? Uh, I'm only an idea man. Somebody doesn't have, doesn't have to speak to practicality, man. You know, I, I 
I, I, I'm the dreamer, and I'm trying to pull us all the way over to this one side, and I want to see who's going to come with me and what they're going to do. Well, I think one of the steps that Benjamin is taking, um, looking to some of your articles in House, for example, which is an online site, getting more out in the media on things that people are looking at, not the fringe things, but the popular do-it-yourself and the home places and everything else, that natives are cool. And, you know, there there have been studies done. I, I can't remember. It, I, I quote it in my book, the stats, but, you know, regular homeowners are wanting native plants. They're wanting drought-tolerant plants. They're wanting rain gardens. You know, we're talking 80%, 90% percentile of what people want. So what's the disconnect? Why isn't A equaling B here? I, I would like to know that, and I think the responsibility lies to some degree, and Jeff's pointing at himself, and I was going to point at him too, mm-hmm. uh, which is the landscapers, and this is why we're having this conference, and this is why the ILCA has gotten involved. Listen, we need to take a break. I, I wasn't going to go this long. Benjamin, can you hang on for one more segment? Oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, why not? Okay, Benjamin Vogt is on the phone, author of A New Garden Ethic. Uh, we have Jeff Swano uh, in the studio from uh, Dig Right In Landscaping, and we're talking about the ILCA conference. And, you know, how to get rid of those same old, same old plants. Put in some natives, the ones that have been around forever, who, who know how to adapt, or have already adapted to our, our landscapes. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Join us if you can. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. A Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Hi, this is Ron Calgill from Mighty House. Are you looking for a cool ride that you can plug in so you can flip off the guy at the gas station? The Illinois Solar Energy Association is raffling off a 2017 Tesla Model X, and only 2,500 tickets will be sold. Go to Illinois Solar and click on the link to the Tesla raffle. You can buy one ticket for $100 or four tickets for $300. All the raffle proceeds will fully benefit the Illinois Solar Energy Association, a nonprofit working to advance solar energy development throughout the state of Illinois. The winner will be drawn on December 7, 2017. That's IllinoisSolar.org. Chicagoans use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long time. Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Watch out, here I come. With native plants in hand. (laughs) Techno native plants. (laughs) 
you know, maybe, maybe that's the solution. We need techno native plants. I don't know. Ariana's oh. getting into this. That's right. I am. Hey, this is 80s, baby. The I love this one. The 80s live. Oh, yeah. Okay. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We are talking, I don't know, um, uh, a, revolu- a yeah. revolution. Plants. Uh, plants, but a revolution in plants, as Benjamin Vogt writes in his yes. book, A New Garden Ethic. You know, one of the things we were talking uh, during the break, uh, Peggy, you were mentioning that there's been a change in Evanston about milkweed. Yeah, I'm trying to find the, the exact article, but apparently the city ah. of... City of Evanston has finally uh, changed the ordinance or is right about to change the ordinance that milkweed is no longer considered a noxious weed. Okay. That's, you know, I want to give them a ding for that, but this is Evanston. Mm -hmm. This is where the uh, Northwestern University resides. These are the supposed to be the smart people, the, the, uh, I don't know, the greenies. But are they in city hall? Are they in city no, or that, city council? Well, you know, and, yeah. One of the things we've we've discovered in, in our country is that it doesn't matter what the majority of people think if you elect um, the troglodytes uh, to office. And just like grimacing here, because yeah, we I can't got, think of anyone that uh, we got, nothing comes to mind. Yeah, nothing at all. Okay, so uh, if you got the troglodytes in office, you got you got issues. Uh, but and we're not saying that. But, but that's yeah. What well, about Evanston? Well, not, not about Evanston. Right no, yet. no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying yay for Evanston. I'm glad they did it. Why? Why did it take you so long? Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. And why doesn't every city? Why doesn't the state? You know, pass a law and say, hey, yeah, you should plant milkweed because we know the monarchs are in jeopardy. Um, you know, and that and that's uh, Benjamin. That's just um, uh, they're they're the the canary in the coal mine, so to speak. They're the most visible. I call them. Uh, they're an iconic species, but there are a lot of species that don't get the press of the monarch that are suffering through the same things, aren't there? Well, of course. And, you know, we could talk about milkweed a little bit more. We we think about monarch milkweed, monarch milkweed. Well, there's also milkweed beetle, milkweed bug, tussock Mm -hmm. moth. There's all these other insects that also have to have milkweed. So, well, they're on my uh, milkweed, milkweed right now. I didn't see a monarch all summer on my milkweed, but I got all these other bugs on there. So all the little milkweed aphids. Yeah, all all that uh, stuff on there. So you know, I guess it's doing some good. And then I've got the milkweed bombs, which I'll throw into my neighbor's yard. So, <laughs> <laughs> so where 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 do we go? I mean, obviously, you're going to present um, a vision, your vision of the future. Uh, and uh, you mentioned, and we mentioned on before the show before, Doug Tallamy, he's, he's on board with you, and other folks are getting on board with you and saying, you know, if we don't do this, um, we're just going to have uh, tremendous loss. And, and, and as we lose species, I love the, um, the analogy of the, the rivets in a plane mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, you're flying across the country and you pull one rivet out of time, and it doesn't matter until you pull out the one and the whole thing collapses. So what's the species, which is the species we lose in the world that has a cascading effect uh, for all the other species, including humans, of course. We don't know what that is. I think it's plankton. That's my bet. That's not, That's a pretty good bet, actually. Yeah, it's the bottom of the food chain, and it's in the yeah. ocean. And, and Michelle as the, Hoffman would agree on uh, that. Michelle probably. Hoffman, yeah. who, who, who's on our science desk here, yeah, she, she's out in the ocean all the time doing that. So, uh, uh, well, the next steps are, first of all, you got to read the book. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and take, take lots of notes, as you can see from both of ours. 
Um, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty heavy book, I think. Well, not not physically, not literally, because uh, it's not that long. Actually, you can you can get through it pretty quickly, and and have all these uh, radical ideas now popping around in your head and uh, coming out your ears, which is a which is a good thing. Well, that's what I like to say. The green revolution is a gray revolution with our brain matter. Give that man Look another one. Well, no. just comes up with <laughs> what, one after another here. <laughs> well, what about it being, it's got to be a heart revolution, too. We mm-hmm. have to have our hearts pierced. I mean, we have to, I think, be in pain, right. emotional pain for others. And by others, I mean other species, before we, I think we really make that radical step. It's not just the brain. Yeah. Jeff, you were looking at the program for ILCA, and one of the sessions there relates exactly to what we're talking about. Yes, it's called Building Resilient Communities with Green Infrastructure, One Code at a Time. And that's mm-hmm. pointing out the fact that our building codes are, are way behind in how we develop our landscapes and our properties, even redevelopment. Yeah, stormwater, uh, rainwater management, everything. Uh, yeah. Uh, do I have time for an example? The, uh, the, they'll, they'll take away all the good soil that was original to the property, mm-hmm. dig out a basement, put all that clay on the surface, and then put enough soil back to grow turf grass. Okay, let's take a real quick question. Uh, who is it in Vince Melrose? Vince from Melrose. Oh, Vince. Uh, okay, you're on the Mike Novak Show. Good morning, Vince. Hey, guys. How you doing? Oh. Love your show. Thank Try you. To listen as much as I can. Um, I love the Bonarch Man, too. Um, <laughs> question. <laughs> I planted milkweeds after advice to plant milkweeds to bring right. the monarchs by. All right. And uh, they only grew like 18 inches tall. Is that the usual or is that just the species that I bought? What Do you know oh. what, what kind of monarch uh, or, or butter, uh, hello, uh, milkweed, milkweed you had? No. Oh, well, see, that's, that's, so a, <laughs> that's, well, that's, when, did that's you, when did you plant it? Um, I planted them in June. Yeah, well, that's probably all they're going to bigger they're going to get this year, no matter what species they are. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Uh, and and you really need to know what you planted. Do you still have a tag available or a receipt? No. Uh, no. Where'd you uh, buy it? What is it? Where did you yeah, where did yeah? I bought it at Home Depot. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess okay. I'd also ask: Is it in full sun? Is it well, part shade? Shade? I, how much water? I don't drive. I'm visually impaired uh-huh. for the most part, and. I'll take a ride when anybody's willing to give me a ride. There you go. And something's better than nothing. No, no, I, I agree. And if mm-hmm. uh, and so you got some milkweed at uh, Home Depot. So I'm guessing it wasn't common milkweed. They would never sell that. I'm betting it's butterfly weed. I'm betting yes. it's it's yeah. uh, tuberosa, Esclepias tuberosa is what I'm thinking. Uh, okay. So, so if it's gotten that high, that's probably mm-hmm. a, a good height for it. Did it bloom? Do you know? Oh yes, it bloomed. Or, orange. Orange or pink? Uh, oh, gosh. It was, I thought, yellowy. Hmm. Maybe it was orange. Yeah, it, it's probably that cultivar, what, the hello yellow or something? It's, yeah. it's a possibility. Listen, what I'm interested in next year, Vince, does it come back? Let me know if it yeah. comes back. And, That's uh, what I'm asking yeah. you. Well, keep, keep it watered. We don't know until next year. We, we, you know, okay. you, you, you keep it hydrated because we've been in dry conditions because you just put it in this year. So that's really important. We're very dry right now. So continue watering it uh, into what the What about fo- those pods? What about the pods? Do you have pods? Yeah, I got seed pods. What would you advise, Benjamin? Uh, enjoy them. And toss, well, them in, mean, toss them in your neighbor's it, yard. Toss them in your neighbor's yard. Toss them around in your garden. Yeah. yeah. 
No, no, no. I want mine to spread. <laughs> well, then toss them in <laughs> your I've yards, got, all right, and, and what see I've what got comes is up. I've got, I've got some Russian sage, milkweed, Russian sage, and I want to put some more milkweed, even it all out against the cat. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's almost a... Uh, uh, a, a monoculture, we're, we're a dual culture is what he's got. All right, Vince, we got to let you go. Thanks for calling. Thank Appreciate you very it. Much for it. All Bye-bye. right, folks. Uh, the other guy who's going to be at this uh, conference is Larry Weiner. I know you mentioned him uh, in an in email we had, so you uh, think he's uh, uh, going to be a little bit radical himself, right, Benjamin? I would think so. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to hearing him talk. Yeah, so he's one of the keynotes. There's a bunch of folks. We talked about building resilient communities. My guy, uh, Dan Dinelli at, uh, believe it or not, North Shore Country Club, where he's working on a golf course, and he's putting in compost and biochar and native plants and, and trying to change the culture of a golf course. We've got Pam Todd from Chicago Living Corridors. Um, Benjamin Vogt, of course, is speaking. Um, all kinds of great people. So go to my website. Oh, and I need to mention Ken Williams. Christine Nye will never forgive me if I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to my website, MikeNovak.net. Pick up a copy of A New Garden Ethic by Benjamin Vogt. Thank you, Jeff Swano, for being here. Thank you. Benjamin, I'll see you uh, in a week. Prairie up. Prairie up. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt, before it goes from bad to feeling worse, I turn off my phone, I get down low, and put my hands in the dirt. Poor Brandon, he's, he's stuck here. First of all, he gets trapped by the marathon. Uh, this morning can't get in and then he comes here and everything's shutting down and i'm looking i'm going to this app that we got yesterday from tom uh and it's this farm app that doesn't work at all for me it works for you and i can't make you know this is just making me crazy because i'm just and and nobody wants to hear me just standing here (laughs) saying why doesn't this app work uh but it doesn't and um, it was supposed to give me the rain it's, it's totals. A, it's a, a rain gauge, a pocket rain gauge app on your phone. Yeah, it um, says no field selected. Well, I want the rain gauge. How about that? Wait a second. Field forecast, field story. How's I think it? somehow you're pulling in the website and not the rain gauge app. 
I tried. I loaded. It wouldn't let yeah. me load the rain gauge I app. No. Well, this is this is telling me in the last twenty four hours. Or so not o- not only do I hate you, Mark Zuckerberg. I hate. <laughs> Uh, I hate all technology, really. Today, I, and so does Brandon. We all we just, just screaming at computers back here. That's are you just screaming at computers? He walked in and he said the whole back of the studio is uh, figuratively on fire. There's a there's a, <laughs> dump, there's a dumpster fire back there. That's no, that's that's a phrase. That, Luckily, uh, Audie hasn't gotten out. It could be way worse. Oh yeah. gosh. All right. <laughs> no, I say let the dog out in the, in the midst of all of that. Uh, so the the point I was going to make, and I was going to try to do it scientifically by saying, well, we had. Blah, 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 amount of rain, blah, 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 uh, last night. And then I was going to say, keep watering. Uh, But I can't even tell you what rain I had because, and this came up yesterday. I was able to get, at one point, I was able to get the rain gauge. Do you want to know what the iPhone says? (laughs) I hate your iPhone, you know? And I hate iPhone, too. I really hate all the iProducts. I hate iTunes. I hate all of it. I hate all of it, Okay. (laughs) I want Benjamin vote back, and I just want him to tell me, <laughs> to tell me about native plants and sitting in the in peacefully in a Having yard, a nice cup of tea, watch with a nice cup of tea and watching bugs. Okay, watching bugs on my native plants. That's what I want because uh, this is no good. But I'm going to tell you that you didn't get enough rain. Okay, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, guess what? If you're in the sound of my voice in the Chicago area, you probably didn't get enough rain to really undo all the drought that we've had since the beginning of August. Uh, and if I could get a number on here, I could tell you exactly what you had. What four tenths? It says point four eight inches for Evanston. All right. Well, that's Just not nearly nope. enough. Nope. A half an inch of rain. All the cracks in my yard are still cracks in my yard this morning. With Oh, oh, you mean the dirt yes, cracks? Yes, the dirt cracks not, not all the, over the Not yard. the concrete cracks. No, the dirt cracks all over the yard are still dirt cracks all over the yard. Okay. So so that's what we've got. We've got a catastrophe with the computers here at the station. Uh, we're in the second hour of the show, but we had the intro to the first hour. <laughs> uh, we don't have enough rain. Uh, our native plants are disappearing and our insects are disappearing. Uh, we're, we're going we've to have another hurricane. We happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Yeah, yeah, right. A hurricane. You know, the interesting thing is that Nate just hit Florida and nobody cares because it's a category one. It's like, ah, yeah, we, we, we've had a lot worse this year. We've had a lot worse in the last month. Yes. The headline for NOLA.com, New Orleans, Hurricane Nate leaves whimper, no bang in New Orleans. Well, what were you expecting? <sighs> You know they're they're disappointed that more people didn't lose their homes. Uh, that's kind of the way that goes. So uh, yeah, I so what I was going to tell folks is yeah, keep watering, do it, just 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 keep watering. Well, as we were talking yesterday, keep watering until about Thanksgiving. Well, it kind of depends on what we get. You know, that's if if we start getting regular rainfall, then you can amend that statement. You can change it. So. That's why you pay attention to the weather, even in the fall, when a lot of folks don't mm-hmm. want to pay attention or, you know, they just get lazy and they say, it's gardening season's done. I don't need to pay attention. Oh, and I look, I've just, I've just got an invitation to visit Exotic Africa, search African safari excursion. There's deals to be made. I can't wait to shoot a lion. Can we, can we, you know, that would be fun. Gosh. Don't you think? You know, with the... Uh, Come on, because we're losing the, the, those uh, those species anyway. They're not going to survive anyway. Come on, let's go out in a blaze of glory. Put some butterfly weeds out there, oh, or butterfly man. bushes out there, not weeds. Oh, lordy. All right, 
second hour of the show. Let's we're gonna go try to get positive because we're gonna think about the youth of Amer- the Ute. The Ute. The Ute of America. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Ute and Yurts. <laughs> uh, we've got three folks who are gonna come into the studio in just a couple of minutes. Uh, who have worked over at the Gale Community Academy. That's just down the, the road a piece in the 49th Ward of Chicago. And um, just over over the border, as we say. Um, and uh, we are also folks from Adjust Harvest. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce any names right now because I'll get them wrong. And so I'm going to wait till they come in here because we got this list, but we don't have the pronunciation guide. Uh, and I want to make sure I... I get it right. So, uh, and they're award winners from the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, which we did a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just by coincidence, well, I I happened to see some of the gardens, and I talked to uh, Tanya, and I said, uh, "Yeah, we should do something uh, on the radio show because uh, that would be a lot of fun." So, lo and behold, here they are there in the studio. So we'll talk about how we're teaching kids to feed themselves, to feed their neighborhoods, to grow plants to harvest plants, um, to be good human beings. We need that because mm-hmm. everything is going extinct. So, oh, well, uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. We hope you stick around. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th, and this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, and area college and university solar and super mileage team race cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy savings inventions with you. Of course, more than 70 green exhibits and vendors of all kinds, including invited artists who will be displaying and selling their sustainable creations. Did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And Peggy and I will be there. McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash green expo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Find out what's going on in Evanston. Tune in to Haggerty's Huddle every other Monday on French and Friends. Brought to you by Chicago Lee Magazine. Name the city's top magazine. Don't just read more, read better. All skate. <laughs> no, we're just going to watch you. Wow. <laughs> 
This is, actually isn't the music I thought I was playing, but it'll work. <laughs> it'll do. It's good skate music. Yeah, it's about rains uh, in Africa and in Evanston. 0.48 last <laughs> night, as uh, the gauge tells us, which I can't get on my own cell phone, but oh, well, that's the way it goes. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We got a bunch of folks here. Uh, in the studio. Okay, I said earlier, I'm not going to pronounce any names because I'm going to get it wrong. So let's start down at that end. You are? Marilyn Pagan Banks, the executive director of Aegis Harvest. All right, Marilyn Pagan Banks, and as she said, executive director of Aegis Harvest. Is it, it's not a just harvest? It can be a, it just can't be just. All right, Aegis Harvest. And Tanya? Tanya Andrina, Director of Education and Community Development at Adjust Harvest. Okay, I'm going to make you talk a little closer to that mic. There we go. Tanya, and, and you pronounce it Andrina. Correct. Okay, good. And you, sir? Yes, I am Augustine Moore. Friends call me Principal Augie. I'm the principal <laughs> of Gale Elementary School. Friends don't call me principal. They call me Augie. <laughs> you, get it. you let the kids call you Augie? When they graduate uh, from college. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, the Gale Community Academy is in the 49th Ward. It's in uh, Chicago. Uh, not, as I said, not very far from here. And I got a chance to see uh, some of the stuff that you're doing because you guys participated, thanks to Tanya, I guess, uh, in the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, uh, which were presented a couple of weeks ago. And you guys won a couple of awards, the, the school uh, won an award and a just harvest yes. won yes. an award and congratulations you guys thank you uh, thank you about that and uh, so how does this uh, cooperation begin I'll start with you Tanya because you're the one that dragged the school into this and uh, uh, or, oh. or maybe, uh, <laughs> is that a, is that a problematic question oh no I don't I wouldn't say that anybody dragged anybody into anything it was just um a natural kind of history there between a just harvest and mm-hmm. Gale Community <laughs> Academy yeah but it really grew this year yeah well how long uh, I know that uh, a just harvest has been around a, a long time Marilyn how long has that been uh, 1983, incorporated in wow. 2000. Yeah. We've been partnering with Gail since about 2011, 2010, 2011. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You've been executive director since about 2003? 2002. I just made 15 years on October 1st. Thank Congrats. you. Uh, well, and, and what is A Just Harvest? So we're an anti-hunger organization in the north of Howard community. We serve all of Chicago and, and our neighbors, over 50 zip codes the last time we checked. And... Um, we served wait, 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 50 zip codes? 50 That's zip a, codes. That goes out quite a, it a, does. a far way. It does. We had, we had a family that was coming from Blue Island at one wow. point. Wow. Folks from displaying on their way to work, on the way from work. Anybody and, who and, comes. And, and when you say they're coming, what do you mean? They're coming to we what? We serve dinner every single day of the year. Every day. Every day. Every day. And how many people are usually at that dinner? About an average of 170 a night. Holy smoke. Yeah. And we did that for about 20 years and realized, you know, this is a wonderful thing, but we need to really begin to address hunger. Mm-hmm. So we began to do community organizing in 2004. And then but, after- isn't, but isn't bringing people in to, to have dinner, isn't that community organizing itself? It is. It takes a lot of organization. Of course it does. It really I mean, does. But we want to end hunger. We don't want to perpetuate our own existence. So. Uh-huh. 
so we started organizing. And so and how do you end hunger? Can, can you can, 25 words or less tell me how to end hunger? <laughs> we have to fight poverty. We have to get at the root cause, and the real issue is poverty. Living wage jobs, housing that's affordable, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that people have access. That's why we started doing urban agriculture, access to jobs, access to being able to uh, feed themselves. Yeah. So well, you did. You did say it in twenty-five words or less. And I poverty, try to follow it's, it's two, You did it in two words. <laughs> End poverty. End poverty. Mm-hmm. That's that's the secret to mm-hmm. hunger. End yep. poverty. Yep. Um, now that how do you end poverty? That might go more than twenty-five words. It really would. Uh, but yeah. you, you talked about a, mm-hmm. a lot of it there. Well, let's talk a little bit about about urban gardening, and we'll get to the school in a second. But I'm going to start with a just harvest. How effective can urban gardening be in that regard is it is it just a little you know icing on the cake or, or does it does it cut significantly into hunger so she's the expert on this but i'm just going to because we started it um for the purpose of it's not it's not urban gardening it's Uh-oh. urban agriculture and we started it for the purpose of creating jobs mm-hmm. and we were very persistent about this because you know urban gardening was the thing when we started doing it and I said, if we're going to do it because it's the thing to do and it's nice and people want to grow food in their backyards, we're not going to do it because mm-hmm. everybody else is already doing it anyway. We're going to do it to create jobs. We're going to do it so that folks can learn how to grow their own food and feed their own families and that the purpose really be economic development, which is why we brought Tanya on because she's the expert at that. And, and how are you the expert, Tanya? Oh, I don't know. I'm the expert, but I, I listen <laughs> to lots of smart, smart people so <laughs> who have a lot of smart things to say about it. Um, you know, Ron Finley is this amazing gorilla gardener from South L.A., and he said something along the lines of growing your own food is the most rebellious and nourishing thing you can do. And that really resonates um, in response to your question. I think that making sure that collectively we know how to grow our own food, that's one of the most powerful things we can do. Once you learn how to grow your own food, you start to understand natural systems mm-hmm. of our earth and how you relate as a community member to not only earth but to your community. You know, So that's, um, that's pretty deep when you're talking about community development. It can relate very uh, nicely. I'm, I'm going to be a contrarian here and just Go say <laughs> um, they're in, in an urban situation, in a suburban situation, very little thing is natural systems anymore. Uh, You know, if you listen to the conversation we had uh, before you guys came on, we have altered our landscape so much. There's no such almost no such thing as natural Mm. anymore. So it's adapted situations. Uh, So obviously you're teaching people how 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 to adapt. I'm I guess I'm just making a comment that when you say natural, I don't even know what that means. Well, she said natural, not static. So there's a difference there. Well, yeah, I know. (laughs) I know, yeah. but the, right. So, but you can you definitely can go with the flow. You can still make make the agriculture work in an urban setting. Yeah, and you make a great point. Our systems are totally interrupted by mm. so many different factors. Um, but with that said, you know, you put a seed in the ground, you water it, you nourish it, you provide it sunlight, and that's still a natural process. At the end of the day, that a child as young as a kindergartner can find not only the magic but the science in. Uh, and also the community. And when you start to think about team building activities and how urban agriculture can really relate um, very naturally <laughs> mm-hmm. back into building that teamwork and that cohesion. All right. And you have uh, uh, a Just Harvest has this hoop house, which is the, what won an award, uh, the garden in the hoop. And it's around it. I, I should mention it's also it's not just in the hoop house, but it's this large hoop house. Uh, 
and uh, you grow a lot of stuff in there, but you grow stuff around it, and you use that, and you bring in the community, and you bring in students and the community, right, mm-hmm. to, to work there, yeah. and, and you're actually employing some people as well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. People Talk about the, the how important it is to to not just hire to to get volunteers in there, but to hire people. So the the genesis of the Genesis Project, which is the program that's over the community and economic development work, uh, was created to begin to figure out how do we employ the guys that are on the street, especially the guys that are on the street. Um, how do we transfer those skills that they have to show up every day, to stand on that corner, to, to do what they do, to, to sell things, and transfer that into something that's not going to get them put in jail? And also, it's, as Tanya said, connect them back to the earth. You know, So I'm also a minister, and so understanding the, the importance of people understanding that they were created good and that there's still some good in them, and they can tap into that as they dig into the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so creating jobs really is vital to what we're trying to do there because we want to we want to be part of the restoration of the community we don't want to push people out we don't want to see people coming in and out of jail we want to see everyone uh, participating and being part of the vibrancy and um, the goodness of our community so that's why we that's why we employ people and that's why we think it's important and so and so right now we had someone who started off as an intern now he's employed part-time, and people see him on the corner. The guys who used to hang out with him see, okay, mm-hmm. he's going to work every day. He's actually getting a paycheck. They're actually meaning what they say when they say that they're trying to build something that's for the community and with the community. So it's not going to happen overnight. You don't make mm-hmm. a ton of money really fast in this work, but we're going to be persistent and consistent, and, and that's what matters. Is that who we're talking about on the screen? That now? is who mm-hmm. we're talking about, Iris. Iris. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I met Iris. He's uh, awesome. I, I took that photo. Actually, I love that photo. By the way, that's a good just, one. Yeah, yeah, we need a copy beautiful. of that. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you do. It turned out great. You see uh, that uh, over on the blog at MikeNovak.net. Yeah, if you awesome. go to MikeNovak.net, uh, this week's show, you'll you'll see this photo. Just scroll down, and uh, Tanya's in it, yes. and um, Iris is in it. And who are the other folks you've got there? It's Peter, who's over the economic development and workforce work, and then some of the wonderful uh, interns that. Tanya could name. Yeah, those are our uh, Agua Certificate interns. Also, Gail students from left to right. That's Samuel, Anaya, and Christian. They are all stars, yes. 100%. Yes, they, they get a ding. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and bigger stamps. Right. I can do that. All right, there we go. Uh, and uh, I, that is in the, not the hoop house, but the greenhouse, and yeah. that is in the school. Correct. I mean, there's so much yeah. going on here. It's uh, You've got a just harvest, and you've got your hoop house, and you're bringing in people, and you're employing people. Now you've got this greenhouse, which is in the school. And then you've got the, the garden, which is uh, in the school, Anthony's uh, Anthony's yeah. Garden at Gale Community <laughs> Academy. So yes. I guess this is where we make the transition to uh, Augie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, Emua? Yes. Emua. Perfect. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yep. And uh, and I get to call you Augie because uh, I'm, uh, I've am i graduated from <laughs> ele- not, not, that, not that school, but from elementary school. There we go. As long <laughs> as you're a graduate. Yes. Uh, but Augie, um, tell us about Anthony's Garden at Gale Community and how it relates to A Just Harvest. Yeah, so Anthony's Garden has been at the school for how, how many years has Anthony, Anthony's Garden been there specifically? Since about 2010 with us. It was yeah. there longer than that, mm-hmm. but yeah. in terms of the growth and the naming and all that. Yeah, so it's been there long enough for me to still need to be schooled on a little bit of history <laughs> around it. Um, but, you know, when I first got to, to Gale, um, first of all, like one of the first things that we did was to, as a staff was to come up with core values. Mm-hmm. And we happened to land on, well, the four core values are purpose, integrity, commitment, but we happened to land on this fourth one that was the most powerful in a room, which was community. 
So I think from that first day of me being at Gale, I started to try to, you know, you know, what what does this word really mean in the context of us being in the Rogers Park community, mm-hmm. us being a school that has, um, you know, been at where it's been for a while. You know, we're, you know, in terms of CPS uh, quality rating system, we're a level two school. Being a level two school is not where you want to be if you're in elementary school because it's saying that kids are not getting enough growth. So mm-hmm. when I was thinking about this idea of shifting and moving toward a level one, level one plus school, that core value really stuck out to me. So community is one of the ways that we want to address it. So we've got an awesome community. Um, Anthony's Garden is a, is a garden space to me that symbolizes community. So, of course, you know, so myself, Marilyn, we started having conversations about, you know, what do we want to do in terms of this program this year? And from those conversations, we actually built a plan. And the plan was to have Tanya really, really push in and do a lot of the kind of next generation science work in the school to make sure that kids could use that space not only to just grow things in order to feed themselves, but I'm talking like social emotional learning, mm-hmm. kids actually mm-hmm. coming together to collaborate. But then the beauty of it is what we found is that the kids now are able to see science and it's almost as if science is becoming an apprenticeship versus it just being something that they go into a classroom to just learn. So now this is becoming a part of our, our identity and our brand to shift us toward, you know, being a, 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 a true science academy, but also a school that's performing a lot better academically. Uh, are, are you a science academy? So, yes. Yeah, so our name is uh, Gail Math and, Math and Science Academy. We're actually in the process of considering rebranding it because, uh, you know, we really value our community. And as you know, in Chicago, I'm a lifelong Chicago and lifelong Illinoisan. Uh, one of the things that I know for sure in this city is that, you know, if, if a school inside the city does not have a selective kind of name attached to it, mm-hmm. then oftentimes parents don't want to come. But my, 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 my issue with that is, is, you know, at the end of the day, what does that say? If we can't put community on our school, when that's the vibrancy, when that's mm-hmm. the, a part of the reason that we're going to shift, mm-hmm. then that's a problem. So we want to change that narrative and make community um, you know, popular again yeah. because I, we, mm-hmm. we've got we've got an amazing community as you can see. Uh, and one of the things I will say is that just a cursory look at what's going on there, uh, you can feel the energy of your school and the trajectory is up. It's just almost straight up, right. and 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 I guess it has a lot to do with you. Uh, because you just got a new four-year contract. Yes, yes it does. Ring the bell, please. <laughs> okay. You too. Uh, <laughs> it's like a 180-day interview, just by the way. You say ring the bell. Yeah, I love a man who says, <laughs> yes. yeah, pat me on the back. Darn it. Bell, I'll take some affirmation. We need, every, every adult needs about 30 a day, so that's yes, perfect. Yes. You know, yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with that if you're doing a good job. I think that's that, right, and, and, right. and you know, and I walked in that school, and I, I'm not, you know, I'll be honest, I was only there for a few minutes. But I got to tour the garden and I got to go in the school. There's a positive vibe in that school. Yeah. I walked in that school. There was no milling about. There, people were doing their jobs. Uh, it was clean. It was. Um, it, it, it. There were. There's art on the walls yeah. and, and 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 instruction. And you could just tell that folks are invested in this school and. I don't know how much of that has to do with you, Augie, yeah. but it it looked good. Yeah. I mean, this is this is 
I can tell that uh, you guys are, are moving forward. I, and I and I just want to say that, you know, there, there's I, I have so much respect for, for the staff and the parents and the kids and the community and the organizations that are, that already feed into the school. I think that, you know, over the past years, the school went through some things politically um, that were tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and Can you hint about ooh, any of the, No? I'm going to get you maybe, in trouble. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe you'll get me to talk, to give a few maybe uh, call, quick examples or maybe Marilyn. Mar- 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 I don't work hand. for the school, so. So Marilyn's raising her hand. We'll get yeah. the dirt from her in a little bit. <laughs> but to my point, to my point, Some though, um, I think that, you know, the key thing with me is just making sure that the doors are open so that uh-huh. community can come in yeah. and be aligned with the school's goals and, you know, help us to make things happen. So that formula has been working for us. All right. That is uh, Augie Imua. He is the principal of Gale Community Academy. Uh, we have uh, Tanya Andrina and the Reverend Marilyn Pagan Banks in the studio as well. They are from A Just Harvest. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation. You're welcome to be part of it, 847-475-1590. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we will be right back. Did you know it can take up to three liters of water to produce just one liter of bottled water? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Over 22 billion water bottles end up in landfills each year, and far too many end up in our oceans and waterways. According to the Environmental Working Group, about 40% of bottled water is actually regular tap water that may or may not have gotten any additional treatment. They also confirmed there was at least 38 different low-level contaminants in bottled water and an average of eight chemicals. So, ditch the plastic water bottles, folks. Choose to filter water and use reusable bottles for your own health and to reduce plastic waste in landfills. I'm Green Diva Meg. Please visit thegreendivas.com to find useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and, of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. Ever wonder what you would feel like if you didn't hurt? If you were free of tension in your body, here's your chance to talk to Dr. Bonnie Flaster and licensed massage therapist Kamosha Murphy at the River North Wellness Center Open House Thursday, October 12th from 2 to 6 p.m. for mini-massage, chiropractic, and acupressure demonstrations. And until November 22nd, mention the Mike Novak Show for a discount on full treatment sessions. Go to rivernorthwellness.com or stop by on October 12th and get back to feeling good. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. This is what I meant to play at the other break. The other thing showed up, but uh, this is, you know, Los Lobos is always a good choice. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show, and there goes Brandon out the door to take care of the dumpster fire. That is uh, the Gab Radio Network in the back. Yeah, no, he's uh, not literal dumpster fire. (laughs) It's a figurative dumpster fire. We're having some technical difficulties here, but not on the show. 
We're yeah. here with uh, some great people uh, doing great work, and uh, that's uh, the Reverend Marilyn Pagan Banks and uh, Tanya Andrina from A Just Harvest and Augie Amua from uh, Gale Community Academy. Uh, so when do we get to the dirt? That's what I wanted. Now, you know, but the, the, the part I wanted to say about the school, you guys are a Chicago public school, Correct. right? Yes. So this is not some newfangled charter school that's like you guys have done it the old-fashioned way. Oh, yeah. Um, September 4th, 1922. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. My uh, birthday September 4th, too, by the way. Just oh. Well, that's why they that's why they put you in charge. <laughs> yes. Okay, you know. A natural. Providence. I'm yeah. trying to figure out, find a good date for, or, or, or a good occasion for January 21st, and I will become the head of whatever that is. Well, that's right. my son's birthday, so. <laughs> really? <laughs> We're making connections. Bells are ringing. Oh, man, this is great. Isn't that a great day? I love that date. Of course, you realize that January. Some some people say the January twenty first is the most depressing day of the year because it's in the middle of winter. It's like you know the the holidays are over. It's the dark. Some of the darkest days, and there's snow and cold. And sometimes I have seen on some years that it's the most depressing day of the year. So I go, yay! Okay, that's my birthday. That's the way that works. <laughs> the school. Uh, as I said, making leaps and bounds forward, doing this garden. We were talking off air about a new design for the, and the kids are involved in this. What's that all about, Tanya? Oh, my goodness. So those three kids you see pictured there, Samuel, Christian, and Anaya. And go to MikeNovak.net, this week's show, if you want to see that photo. Awesome. So they and Garden Club members, who are also Gale students, actually came up with the elements that they wanted to see in their garden. So we were in Garden Club, and I was like, kids, we might have an opportunity to transform the space. What do you want to see? And they said, we want a labyrinth. We want to walk a maze. Ah, we that's want very a popular, and it's, they're really cool. Yeah. yeah. Peaceful. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was reading um, one of the articles that you had forwarded about when they announced the grant you got at the school, how excited the kids were. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That, yeah, I was going to get to that. It's, it's like, it's not every day that a school gets a $120,000 grant, Okay. Uh, what what happened there? How did that happen? Yeah, so just to be clear, that was actually participatory budgeting through the 49th Ward office. Right, so it's not really a grant, or, yeah. or is it? It's you know, it's participatory it's an budgeting. Of funds. And right. I know, and I know about the participatory <laughs> budgeting in the 49th Ward, which I think is one of the best things that's come out of the 49th Ward. And you can, and I can't imagine why it hasn't spread everywhere. Um, I know that my friend Betsy Vandercook, who mm-hmm. when she was uh, chief of staff. For Joe Moore mm-hmm. was was involved in that, and I'm proud of her for and that. I was on the first committee that they put together and helped chair some of that conversation. Good for you, and yeah. and it seems to be doing a lot of good. Obviously, yes. it's done some good here. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely. So they they, they are, the kids are, were excited about that, and now they're involved in the planning. But you lose kids. I mean, you've got them involved now, but they're going to graduate. They're going to move on. Then you have to get a new generation of kids involved. <laughs> hey, eventually, but that's part of the beauty of it, right? Uh-huh. Keep teaching. Keep teaching the next generation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's one of the great things about Gail being a kindergarten or pre-K, right, Augie? Pre-K Correct. to eighth grade institution. So we have a wide age range. Yeah. Wow, that is a wide range. And, you know, it's, it's almost like a like a Catholic school where, you know, you get in there and, and you're you're a lifer. You're in there until you get, you know, because we, we talked the other week about a school that had like three grades. And I said, who who goes to a school with three grades? You got to go like, you know, yeah. not necessarily K through eight, but sometimes K through eight. Yeah. 
and uh, and be in the same place. That's that that's what I was used to. That's what I went through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I echo Tanya's point though? So one of the things that uh, happened in a, in the process was uh, we actually got a chance to, for the students to get a, get an opportunity to speak with some reporters. So we had a couple articles come out, and then that that created the tagline of uh, of what our mission is as a school, as a community for our children, which is that we grow kids. But mm-hmm. we grow those kids so they can come back and actually grow their community. So when you come in our school, um, in the middle wall, in the classic East Building, uh, not the more uh, science building with the greenhouse, but the, the classic one that was built in 1922, you can look at the photos and you'll see from you know early 20, well early 1900s all the way up until maybe about 1970, um, it was pretty much predominantly 100% Jewish. Um, and some of those folks are recognized as being, you know, pretty, pretty powerful alumni. So <laughs> then you see the folks that came later, right? And then, yeah. you know, what are we saying about the alumni that came later? So what we want to do is make sure that everything our kids touch is contributing to the legacy of the school so mm-hmm. that they're the, they're the powerful alumni mm-hmm. that come back and continue to, to, to work the, their community. Jan yes. graduated from Gale, by the way. Correct. Really? Are you yes. kidding me? Nope. Nope. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. So it's got it's got a really interesting legacy. Definitely. And and I and I will say, uh, having been in Chicago myself for almost forty years, not not a native here, but I've been here a long time. So I've seen changes in uh, communities, and I know I used to live in Rogers Park. So this area, that's not the best area ever in Rogers Park, and for a long time, I'm sorry, it was just scary. It just it was just one of those areas. You don't go north of Howard in in Chicago. That's crazy. That's, you know, what the white people would say to each other. Don't, are you nuts? What are you doing up there? What are you doing living up there? And that's where the school is. Mm -hmm. And that is changing. And and I think the school obviously is is now is going to have something to do with that. Make it a place to be. For sure. I think that was what was really cool about the participatory budgeting process as Mm -hmm. well. Because, you know, our kids came up with that design. Those kids live in that community. Yeah. And so it's, um, you know, people from the community designing the community's development. That's really important when you're talking about authentic development. And Peggy, oh, sorry, were you going to say something? No, go ahead. You were saying uh, the kids were so excited when we found out. Yes, they were enthusiastic. I remember we were sitting at the restaurant and Christian was there and he's like, we won? And I'm like, we won, kid. And he just starts like kind of tearing up a little bit. You know, it was just so beautiful. Uh, and they're yeah. taking ownership for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they yeah. worked that election. By, I mean, oh, like, yeah. Like it was an election. <laughs> yes, they did. I told her she has yes, uh, really showed some power in how to get folks rallied around a particular vote. And so I think it was also an opportunity for the kids and others to hear about the school, to be seen, and to, you know, get that information out to people who otherwise wouldn't. You know, uh, and you're not the only ones that got uh, money from the participatory budget. Budget. Uh, as uh, you pointed out to me, Tanya, trees came first, and you yeah. guys, you guys second. And tr- yeah. you know, trees are good. Yes. I like trees. We supported that. We supported tr- that. Tree initiatives are always good. Uh, but that's with great money comes great responsibility. To paraphrase Stan Lee uh, and uh, Spider Man. So you know, the idea that you have this money, I think a lot of folks will look at it and go, "What the heck are you going to do with one hundred twenty thousand dollars?" So uh, you got any answers uh, to that, Augie? Well, you know what? Uh, so so there's, a, there's a quote that, that, that we have uh, at the school that we use. It's by Henry Ford, and it goes, Coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. So for us, you know, this is the beginning, right? So we know that we've got to, you know, do some things, you know, with great, um, you know, when somebody gives you something, you know, there's, there's a huge responsibility, like you're saying. Yeah. So one of the things that we want to do is continue to try to build out partnerships um, that make that space great for the community. If you look at the design of it, whenever you guys flash it up, um, you, you, you notice there are some very specific components to me. 
It's mm-hmm. it's on the main Facebook page. Oh, for okay. the show. oh awesome. is it? Oh, yeah. let me go yeah. get it. All right. Let's see if we can find this here. <laughs> yeah. So we're still alive on Facebook, and we'll track it down. Keep talking, yeah. August. But it's, it's 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 amazing how listening to the kids and and making sure that the school um, is. I think you have to probably open a new Facebook window. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll go back here, and then I'll open a new one. All right. Never yeah. mind. Don't don't mind me. I'm just playing on the computer here. So right. But anyway, so there there's some there are some very very thoughtful components of that garden space to me that get at this idea of, you know, community, which I, you know I'm always going to go back to because I feel like it's not just the teachers, it's not just the principal, it's not just the parents, uh, it's not just the organizations on the outside. It's a it's a culmination of all 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 these people to make a school really really work. So when you look at the the, the design of the garden, I can kind of talk you through Tanya. Um, you know, Red, I like that design. We're looking at it. It's yeah. on Facebook right now. If you go to the Mike Novak Show on Facebook, you can see the design. Which who who else participated in this? The kids and who else was helping you with this? Um, so we facilitated the process, but this has since been digitized and kind of cleaned up uh, by uh, site design. It's really nice. I like it. Yeah. And, and you have an, uh, a little bit of an awkward space to work with. It's sort of oblong. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's rectangular, but in a long way. So it's yeah. you have to sort of play with that, and you've yeah. done it very successfully. Yeah, well, really, the kids, I, I need to really just highlight that because I still have the piece of construction paper that they designed this on. It's, it's pretty much a mirror image. I mean... You know, it's a little cleaned up, as I said, but it's really from the youth. And it's going to be a learning garden. I think uh, yes. we want to make sure that we say that. So it'll be part yes. of what happens at the school while it's also going to be accessible to the community. Correct. It's always been accessible to the community. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the fact that it's going to be part of the learning that happens, again, as all you mentioned earlier, um, that they can see that science is something that's very interactive and not let me get this A or B in science and be done with it. But right. how does mm-hmm. it become something that's... Well, ongoing. one of the cool things about the school is um, the um, uh, the greenhouse that's mm-hmm. that's in the school, and I, can, I you can get back to there. You play with that. Um, Three yeah, because we stopped feet. the live video accidentally. So oh, did we? Yep. I didn't. Oh boy, sorry about that. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, because we've got this wonderful audio uh, going on here. But uh, the greenhouse uh, in the school was one of the places I got taken to. I love that too because kids get to come inside and it's it's sort of a triage for plants. And one of the things that we're really successful with in, in, in a lot of homes is killing our indoor plants. And you guys bring them back to life. How cool is that? Yeah. And you got <laughs> high, you got you got aquaponics in there. Definitely. I mean, teaching kids about aquaponics in grade school. That's a great thing. Yep. Right. Yep. Nutrient yep. cycle, yeah, right? And, and I'm curious, what did their parents say? What did they go home and tell the parents? And then do you get feedback of, <laughs> of what? Maybe I want to tell a story about the parent who just came in to <laughs> hook us up with the, uh, the support for the aquaponics mm-hmm. chamber. Uh-huh. Oh, Khalid. Yes. yes. Where he's from. You know, yes, just, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Khalid is one of our all-star parents. He's super engaged. Um, he's actually a refugee, mm-hmm. as is Chinar. They're married. Um, from Iraq and Kurdistan. And so, um, you know, they've had a very rough, rough life. And so Chicago's kind of where they're starting over with their now five kids. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they're um, really flourishing. And so, you know, he recently just brought some water-based plants, like water lily and such, into the greenhouse space, some awesome. guppies, and taught all the kids in Garden Club about it. And it was just really cool to see the cultural pride and the exchange happening there. Uh, well, I tell you what, I'm going to do what uh, I did with the, our guests in the first hour. I'm going to hold you over to the last segment as well, because I know you got an event coming up and you yes. probably want to do a little plug for yes. that. Uh, and Ding. yeah, it, it, <laughs> there you go. 
Here, Augie, we'll let you handle this. Yes. Augie gets his own dinger there. Okay, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking to folks from A Just Harvest and from Gale Community Academy. And uh, they're, they're doing great work there. Tanya Andrina and Reverend Marilyn Pagan-Banks and Augie Emua. And we will be right back with our conversation after a short break. Hey, Ron Cowgill. Yes, Mike Novak. How would you like to drive the safest, quickest, and most capable sports utility vehicle in history? Legally? Of course legally. In fact, you would own it. Legally? Stop saying that. I'm talking about the Illinois Solar Energy Association, which is raffling off a 2017 Tesla Model X. You mean the one that comes standard, all-wheel drive, seating for up to seven adults, and up to 295 miles of range on a single charge? Yes. The one that can accelerate from zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds? Yes. How did you know that? I'm reading the script. Oh, well, then you probably know that only 2,500 tickets will be sold. They're 100 bucks each. You can purchase as many as you like, and the drawing is December 7th. Do I have to be present to win? Nope. Do I have to live in Illinois? Nope, just the lower 48 states. Is this the part where we read the disclaimer stuff really, really fast? Nah, this is where we tell people to get details at IllinoisSolar.org. You're good. Yeah. Chicagoans, use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. (laughs) Thank you very much. Welcome back to uh, the home stretch of the Mike Novak show. And Peggy is uh, desperately trying to save our video of uh, on Facebook. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, once again. Uh, <laughs> He's got it in for you. Know, you know, I wonder how many people curse him before going to bed at night. Uh, <laughs> just, just you know, out of course because of all the all the problems. Oh, you posted that. You, uh, sorry, everyone, we accidentally lost something, and you just posted that, right? Yeah, so. we accidentally lost the feed, so join us live on 1590 WCGO. Yeah, we want them to do that anyway. Uh, and we have the folks uh, in the studio. We've been talking about kids growing kits and growing neighborhoods and growing food, and it's all about growing. And, you know, after the first hour of the show, we were talking about how desperate we are to save plants and our natives and how we're watching them go extinct before our eyes all right before we get to your um your event and i know you you want to plug that we will do that in just a second how do you talk to kids about this world i mean i i'm 
I'm at a point where my most of my contemporaries are not having kids anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you bring a child into this world knowing that, you know, what's in the White House mm-hmm. and what lies ahead for us as uh, we are overrun by environmental degradation mm-hmm. and by guns, as you know, in a, a pandemic in the city of Chicago and across the country now, nothing's going to be done. We, you know, we're all praying desperately something will be done. I'm going to I'm going to guess here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, hey, nothing's going to happen. OK, yeah. folks, don't get your hopes up. Um, how do you deal with that? With with elementary school kids and and Augie, I want to start with you. Yeah, you know, um, first of all, I think that you 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 got to throw away probably about fifty percent of the textbooks. You just got to toss them. <laughs> yeah, meaning um, meaning what? Meaning that you know we're we're in an age, and even in terms of just the way uh, curriculum is looked at uh, in a nation, you know, we, as we shifted into what you call Common Core state standards. Um, You know, there's got to be a mix. There's got to be a mix of some foundational skills, some reading for literature type skills. But then you've also got to bring kids into the world because um, the rate in which they get information is far different from just 10 years ago and 10 years before that and 10 years before that. So it's one of those things where with kids, you know, we've got to we've got to adapt to this environment in order to position them to be the best that they can actually be. Mm -hmm. Um, And one example of that is, you know, the other day I was having a conversation with some students about, you know, our our school kind of moniker. The current school moniker that we have is I, I must, I will, I must, I can, I will, I must succeed. And I asked one of the kids, what do you think about that? And the kid said, well, it sounds to me like it's a little bit of a struggle statement. <laughs> so I said, oh, it sounds like a struggle statement. Like, what? I said, what picture in your mind do you get? He's just like, well, I'm in a desert and I'm sweating and I'm trying to get to my homework. I said, wow. So I asked the kid, well, what kind of what kind of ideas do you have to make that change, to give that student some leadership in that moment? And it was some guided leadership. I gave the kids some parameters. And a student is now on this mission to actually rework reword and rework our our, our school like wow. motto well so, i can but i, I i'll tell so you, you maybe gotta, it's, you, it's a way i think but i understand that what that kid was talking about yeah. it's just life is hard yeah and 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 the thing you figure out as you get older it doesn't get any easier in fact it gets worse yeah. it just gets worse and worse as you go along so yeah. if you're struggling as as a as a 10 year old I can't even imagine what, what it's going to be like as a 50-year-old. So that's why when you're 10 years old, you've got to have conversations about growth mindset. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our work is grounded in, you know, Carol Dweck and, and, and having those conversations with students about their mindset, their outlook on things. Is a glass half empty or is it half full? Yes. And really talking through that because they do experience some things that are pretty tough. Mm-hmm. But everything that you experience is still an opportunity to do something, even if I'm mm-hmm. a student and I, well. you know. Thank you. <laughs> ring it again. Ring it again. My hype, my hype sister. <laughs> All right. But, um, you know, even if I'm a child and I make a mistake in terms of some, you know, a behavior or something like that, this, you know, not at expectation, mm-hmm. you know, what's the opportunity after that to repair the harm that's been done in that situation? So everything that we do as a school is to try to get kids to think that way mm-hmm. and then also to really promote student voice and leadership. That's one of the reasons why this garden campaign has been so amazing because it gave our kids a lot of opportunities to voice their leadership and voice their concerns and be heard and be out in the community. Mm-hmm. And it took the classroom setting into more of an experience versus it mm-hmm. being stuck in just this one domain of space that does not look like the world. Hey, you know, it's funny. I'm, I was in the garden and I was watching the kids and we were wandering through it. It was end of season gardening, but there's always stuff to be done. And watching the kids just grab a plant, 
shake the roots. They know what they're doing already. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they know what the plant is there for, how you uh, address it when it's at the end of its useful life, uh, even if they were leaving messes on the, the concrete and they, and they needed to be reminded to, to sweep them up. Uh, but still, they have a sense of now of what plants are and what their potential uh, is. And mm-hmm. to have it at that age, that is a great thing. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, I learned gardening as an adult in my, in middle age. Right. Okay. <laughs> I was so far behind the curve. Mm-hmm. These kids have got a leg up just by yeah. knowing that stuff. I think that's yeah. one of the blessings of uh, sort of the grounding of the program is that we are looking Again, I mentioned about transferring the skills of the guys, but there's also a, a, a seeing the wisdom in the room always, the mm-hmm. assets that are already there, the gifts that are already there, mm-hmm. the knowledge. Uh, we see this you know, as an opportunity to co-create. We're not just instructing or pouring information into children, but we are right. working mm-hmm. with the entire community and figuring out how we restore community together. Mm-hmm. Right? You mm-hmm. talked about children. So I just had my eighth grandchild. His name just happens to be nature, which is funny. We're talking about nature. And, um, you know, my grandchildren have also witnessed firsthand uh, a lot of gun violence in terms of within their own family and within their own uh, community. And so there is the question of, you know, what do we say to them when they see this death happening? And then they also see another baby brother being born. It's just to say that, you know, Children are a sign of resistance, right? And the sign of the the yeah, the opportunity to redeem the world for hashtag the world to be redeemed. resistance defiance hashtag de- <laughs> defiance. Right, well, right. if you if you're having kids and you believe in them, then it's an act of defiance. Right, and that the like, fact we that will our survive. children mm-hmm. and 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 as and as we grow these children, they are going to be the ones to redeem the world. Um, yes. that and the, from the mess that a lot of us as adults have created, and so that's really you know I think a part of. Um, what, why we do this, why we connect with the school, why we connect with the other organizations. Well, and you need to continue connecting. So tell me about your event coming up. So we're, uh, we're having, we have an annual event every year. But the exciting thing about this year is that we're going to be making an announcement. And the theme is setting a new foundation and, again, restoring community. We are embarking on a building project. Right now, I just harvest is scattered around the neighborhood. As you saw, the hoop house, and then we have our offices, and we work with the greenhouse. But none of the space is necessarily our space. And it won't mean that we'll stop collaborating, because we won't. But that the, in order for us to grow in the work that we're doing, uh, figuratively and literally, mm-hmm. literally uh, we need to have a space that's going to allow us to do that. So we're partnering with the local congregation that founded us in 1983. They own eight city lots there. We're going to build mm. a brand new building that will include wow. a, rooftop, a rooftop garden, a mushroom chamber, mm-hmm. a greenhouse, um, training, uh, places to incubate businesses, a cafe where we're actually training folks to, to do the work mm-hmm. and, and paying them while they're being trained and continue to do the work of uh, feeding hungry people. And so how do folks get involved? So that's October 18th at the main stage in Rogers Park. We're going to okay. have a lot of local um, talent there and i wish i'd written down the name so i can spill them out and give them some shout outs it's okay you don't have time anyway right now. <laughs> but right. october 18th six o'clock at the main stage and how do people get tickets they can go to our website ajustharvest.org uh or and you can find that by going to mike yes. and so hey listen thank you all for being thank here you. marilyn thank and you. tanya and augie thank, thank you. you this was really enjoyable i, I appreciate it and i also want to thank our first guest hours benjamin vote jeff swano Uh, And uh, don't forget that conference is on the 17th. 
the uh, uh, I can't remember. I'm blanking on this. Is some the impact? Impact. The Boy, yeah, I'm brain dead. And uh, and Ariana and Brandon, thank put, you. Putting out dumpster <laughs> fires until next Saturday. Go green or go home. Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.